This is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be speaking with leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guest this week is Mark Safran, the president of Holly Hunt. Mark took on the role in a strange moment, just weeks before the pandemic turned the world on its head. Now, as life returns to normal, he's steering the iconic company through a busy time, with a massive new showroom in L.A. and a big push on e-commerce in the works. I spoke with Mark about his past experience running business operations for Tom Felicia and Michael Smith, why Holly Hunt won't be exploring retail, and what it's like to take over for a legend of the industry. The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. They've discovered the world's best craftsmen and techniques. Using materials native to the region and tools accustomed to individual craftsmen, they strive for perfection every step of the way. With all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. This is the story craft tells. Welcome to the House of Roll. Visit houseofroll.com to explore. Hello listeners, Dennis Scully here. I'm excited to announce that my favorite event of the year is back. Business of Home's Future of Home Conference is taking place in person this fall, September 13th and 14th. It will be two days of lively discussions with leaders of the industry about how businesses can turn high demand into meaningful growth, how the pandemic has shifted consumer behavior and psychology, and how we can continue to inspire our clients and inspire ourselves. I'll be hosting, and I promise it's going to be great fun. Get your tickets now at futureofhome.com. And of course, a huge shout out to our sponsors, the Crate and Barrel CB2 Trade Program, High Point Market, Benjamin Moore, Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams, Hunter Douglas, and Afterpay. I can't wait to see you there. And now, on with the show. Do I recall that at one point, Mark Saffron, before he even came to the interior design industry, you were the general counsel for the entertainment software rating <laughs> board, right? Yes, that- sir. That is true. That is true. I served as uh, the general counsel there for uh, five years. Uh, and also, I was their acting executive director for, uh, I think it was about 10 months. Yes. During one of their periods of transition. And that was, uh, God, that was a real experience. I remember uh, testifying in front of Congress uh, who had, had called me. And, you know, when, when they call, you come. And uh, <laughs> I got in front of them and, and, and we were grilled about issues that ranged from uh, ensuring that we had, you know, sort of real teeth when it came to self-regulation and also how were we managing advertising and ensuring that it wouldn't be too gratuitous or violent or other issues, but also, again, really protecting the, the video game companies and how, how creative they were and the content that they wanted to uh, wanted to produce and, and create. Um, that was uh, that was a fantastic beginning to uh, to jump into uh, into the world of business uh, after law school. Well, and it's so interesting that you got out of law school and you were sort of on this path. Tell me, sort of, when the detour came, and and I'm actually forgetting how you came to uh, 
to, to work with a fellow named Tom Felicia at, at sort of a <laughs> crazy time yes. for him. Yes. Well, listen, I mean, I've, I've always been very, very passionate about this cross-section of creativity, of design, and of business. And I saw law school as a way to really dive into that area. I, I never wanted to work at a law firm. I didn't want to end up in a, in a courtroom. It wasn't for me. When I finished law school and was uh, studying for the bar, a good friend of mine, a gentleman named, named Tom Felicia, mm. uh, was on sort of a similar trajectory in his career. And so Tom had gone out on his own um, right around the time I had passed the, uh, the bar. And we would we'd get together and, uh, you know, commiserate over, over things and... Well, and remind me how you first became friends with Tom. I forget. So we were friends because uh, I graduated from Syracuse University. Okay. Um, so and so did Tom. Thing. Yeah. And Tom and I became fast friends. I mean, it was <laughs> obvious. He was such an energetic uh, individual and so, so talented and, and, and so much fun also. <laughs> and that was really where, where we met. Because I remember you sort of came on with Tom as sort of general counsel, right? As well as running the firm. Uh, both. Pre president and general <laughs> yes. counsel. It was very important for me to keep that general counsel yes. title, which I did for, I don't know, for about 25 years. <laughs> Finally, I just thought, well, what am I doing keeping it? I mean, I still pay my New York State bar fees, and I still keep up on my continuing legal education, to be honest. You've um, got that as a fallback. <laughs> it's always there for you, right? Yes, that's what my, my dear mom always said. Just put a shutter outside. You know, you can always, always do that. But yes, I did start at Tom's with the title of President General Counsel. When I left, I was also his, his manager. And you know, it's funny, the general counsel and the legal component of what I did was so important for this business. Little did I know this, this niche of interior design and how important a strong legal and of course business background was to building a successful company and building a, a successful successful brand. One of the first people I connected with was a gentleman named Alan Siegel. I called him up and I sat down and just did a primer with him about, you know, what are the issues to be aware of? And what does a design services agreement need to have in it? And um, how do you structure license agreements and that whole complicated world? And I was just so, so thankful to end up going into this industry that I was, was passionate about and, and sort of it all worked, like the plan of having a legal background in order to pursue something in the crossover of creative and design, it worked. And um, it was just, uh, well, it was very helpful to have those skills as I, as I embarked in this, in this crazy and wild world of, uh, of interior <laughs> design. Well, it was it was such an interesting time, and I was remembering young Tom Felicia in his in his flip flops and Paco the dog trailing <laughs> behind him, and oh, right at Paco, and he, what a great dog! Yeah, great Paco. Yes. and little did he know everything that was about to to sort of be be thrust upon him, and and thank goodness he had you to to help navigate the the, the contracts, and 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 as you said later, you you really managed his his career and this was you sort of came on sort of right as queer eye was a about to blow up well actually queer eye had had already blown up i mean tom was on it and he was in in the thick of it 
And Tom knew at the time that, you know, his future was on a trajectory. And he also knew that there was a closing window of opportunity with the the show Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And he had uh, uh, proposed to me that I come in and help turn his interior design firm into a brand. And at the time that, that I started, I mean, Tom didn't have any licensing collections at that period. And when I left there, we had put together a program. We had seven different licenses. I think 80 or 90% of them are still uh, strong. And it continued to grow. And it was uh, it was really an exciting time to be in the industry and, uh, and to be working with someone like Tom. Well, and and you you mentioned sort of for for you personally. I mean, t- tell me about that. Well, you know, just going into first of all, I did not know a lot about interior design beforehand, and I also had worked in an, in an industry, uh, the video game industry, which was you know sort of uh, I don't want to say it was like a fraternity, but you know it was a, a male dominated business that was really focused on things like sports and Mortal Kombat, <laughs> and suddenly you know you're seeing the world open up in a whole whole different way, and also in a way that could become a profession and so that was uh well that was just just really really grounding and and it was at the same time it was exhilarating because i knew that there was this whole world that i could step into and 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 excel at and that i enjoyed doing it are there parallels to be drawn between mortal Kombat and the interior design industry would you say <laughs> yes. yes there are many dennis and in fact i think we should do a whole a whole article on that one we could write a book on it i, I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels there now that i think about it i'm glad you brought it that is up true. this is this is to be plumbed uh, in in another in another conversation. So then, remarkably, you sort of wrap things up with Tom and get pulled away to to California to to work for uh, another another household name interior designer, Mister uh, Mister Michael Smith. Michael Michael yes. S. Smith. I'm sorry, uh, it's important. That is true, Mister Michael S. Yes. Smith, and what a talent and a, a powerhouse as well. And so one day, you know, Michael calls up. And we meet, I had been working at Tom's for, for over eight years, and Michael and I have a series of conversations, and now this is a completely different business, right? This is a business that is in the center of the three or four um, you know, streams of revenue and commerce that really underlie this whole business. He owns a showroom, he's got 23 plus partner showrooms around the world that have his product in it, he has an extraordinary interior design business, uh, almost an empire over there. Um, They have uh, some of the most phenomenal and important projects that an interior designer could ever wish to have, and multiple ones of them. Um, You know, there was, uh, of course, the the White House and a private residence of of the Obamas. He had clients like Harrison Ford, Cindy Crawford. And um, also what was phenomenal about Michael's business is that, you know, he didn't just do one or two projects for these clients of his. Some of them, he, I remember going in and being introduced to one of his um, earliest and most important clients, and he had told me that they were working on the 16th house um, <laughs> for for this family, who's just a great supporter and really, really loved loved Michael and his talent. And um, yeah, it was just a, it was just a whole new world. Well, so and 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 when you and Michael first started 
talking. What was he coming to you for? What, why was he approaching you? What did he, what did he think was missing in, as you say, this, this vast empire that he was, that he was running? That's an interesting uh, question. Well, you know, Michael was at this inflection point where due to growth and success, you know, there was only so much that he could continue to do in terms of uh, focusing on his clients and focusing on the design as well as running a massive business. And so I came in there to support Michael on his vision to take the firm to the next level, to ensure that uh, his clients were getting the absolute best service that they could, to ensure that Michael had the freedom and the bandwidth to focus on them and to uh, create beautiful spaces um, and uh, and to build these great homes. And, and you you know, that's what my charge was. Uh, he also wanted me to strengthen the showroom business mm. and to expand the manufacturing business as well. And um, we were able to figure it out in, in, in a number of ways. And, um, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a great partnership, really was. Well, it, it seems like it was a great partnership. And then, so, so fast forward to sort of, uh, I don't know when sort of the Holly Hunt opportunity gets on your, gets on your radar. Was it, was it in early 2020 or tell me when things started to present themselves? It was towards the end of uh, 2019. You know, again, I, I get a phone call uh, uh, one day and, um, you know, the next thing I know, I'm having uh, conversations with none other than Holly Hunt. Um, and just like I said about Michael Smith, you know, when Holly when Holly calls you, you pick up the phone. Yes. And um, <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm talking about this opportunity uh, with her. And, you know, I, I'd known Holly for, for some time. So first I knew her because I, I referenced before Tom, you know, when he was when I was getting immersed into the world of interior design, uh, the first showroom Tom took me to was the Holly Hunt showroom in New York at 150. And I remember walking in there and just my my mouth was agape. I, I, I could not believe the the beauty. I could not believe the inspiration, the creativity, and by the quality of everything. You just walked in, you you knew. I mean, anyone who's gone into 150 oh, knows what I'm talking yeah, about. It's, it's another world. You I knew mean, it, something. It, it really yes. is. It's, it's, it's a whole other world. I, 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 I wish for everyone to see that 150 space. I mean, it's... I agree. And our Los Angeles Highland is going to be like that too. But so so that so that's that's 150. And then a couple of months later I, is the first time I meet Holly. So... You know, we're talking going back probably 18 years hmm. now, and I met her uh, at an event in Los Angeles, and of course, I was as drawn to her as I was to that showroom, and then we connected a couple times over, you know, over the next, I don't know, 15, 16 years, but really getting the phone call and having the conversation with her and learning of the opportunity uh, really changed my life, um, and then I uh, packed up my car, and we took uh, uh, seven days to drive, uh, drive oh, across. Man country and get from yeah the beaches of marina del rey to uh chicago the house of roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures they've discovered the world's best craftsmen and techniques using materials native to the region and tools accustomed to individual craftsmen they strive for perfection every step of the way with all of this you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. This 
is the story Kraft tells. Welcome to the House of Roll. Visit houseofroll.com to explore. Well, so as as we said, sort of at the top of the show, so you've literally moved into to Holly's old old office, and I and I know uh, people listening can't can't see the the picture of Holly that is that is behind you, but I know that she very thoughtfully left you uh, a, a, an image of 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 her with a with a note. So what what did the note what did the note that she left you <laughs> say to you? You are correct. You are correct. The 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 note says. Uh, signed by Holly, and it's a it's a post-it that she's taped to this beautiful portrait of her by this Korean uh, contemporary artist named Nam Chun Mo, uh, who uh, Holly Hunt actually did an exhibition with back in, in 2013. Um, so I walked into the office on my first day, and there was this gorgeous portrait of her. It said, to Mark, and on the bottom is this note said, be good, dot, 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 I'm watching, exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> That's it. She She is forever... Forever watching your your every move. So what I'm curious about, so many guests come on this show and they talk about Holly Hunt and they talk about the influence that she had on their career or they talk about the, the, the showrooms as we were talking earlier about. And what I'm curious about, when you were first talking about coming on board, what did people tell you? was sort of the most important aspects of the Holly Hunt organization. How did they sort of talk about the culture of Holly Hunt? And what did they want to make sure that you understood about this organization that you were going to be taking taking charge of? That is a, a really interesting interesting question. So um, it was focused, and I got I, I had such great advice and support from so many people, including Holly, who I still do. I mean, I talk to the woman regularly. She is, she has become a mentor um, and and not just a friend. Um, and she is watching me. Trust me. But <laughs> oh, I'm you quite know. sure of that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> she is invested. Look, she's invested in our continuing success here. But um, it was focusing on first and foremost, it's about designers and it's about making sure that designers look great and and in fact that's one well, that's a hollyism there's mm. about 20 hollyisms around this <laughs> this company i can i can share with you and one of them is um you know we're there to make sure designers look great and that um that the service that this company has to offer has to be the concierge level exceptional service because Whatever designers need, we've got to be able to bend backwards to support them and be able to make them look good in front of their clients and to continue to be creative and to support them to build beautiful, beautiful spaces in what is an extraordinarily complicated and, and often very, very challenging business. So the service was, was one of the first pillars. Mm. Um, a, a, another, another pillar was about the design, about the innovative design, and that it was so important for this company to continue to be innovative and to continue to put out a special, unique, and beautiful products and not just its own products but to represent an array of, of voices of other designers of other creators of artists and artisans who share the same like-minded uh, approach and philosophy design even if stylistically they may vary some and and so that was a primary kind of focus uh, of import for this organization as I came in 
and and third, I would say it was about the quality, about the craftsmanship uh, and the artisans, as I've mentioned, but also uh, about the quality of material, about the details, another component of, of the luxury of what we do here and what Holly's vision was, you know, going back 40 years to ensure that we were providing the most innovative, beautiful design in these exquisite showrooms and that um, that's the foundation of this organization and that's what we need to move forward with. And, and, and that was that was taught to me at a very at a very early time when I came in here. It's that, you know, Holly Hunt has been the divining trusted voice in modern luxury interiors for 40 years years and it must stay synonymous with being this preeminent luxury brand and displayed in the most exquisite showroom spaces uh, in the world. Um, and that was that was uh, was pretty inspiring to hear. Holly had gone out of her way. I mean, you, you mentioned you know, Joanna Cornack earlier, and Holly had gone out of her way to make it clear that Joanna had been driving the creative director vision for, for some some time. And Holly was always trying to say that, no, no, you know, different people are running it now, and it's all it all can run without me. But it is so challenging to step into a business where – Holly's name is on everything and and right and and she she did play such a big role and as you were saying earlier she was always surrounded by people sort of wherever she went and people wanted to know did she approve of this did she like the way this looked and what did you think you were going to to need to do to sort of set the tone of of who you were going to be in this organization what what was what was important in your mind well, look, the first thing was I had to, I had to learn the business, okay, yeah. as much as I had learned by my uh, prior to, to positions and, and how educational they were. When, when someone becomes a leader of, a, of an organization, especially one that is a preeminent, you know, luxury brand, um, the first thing you got to do is sort of stop talking and listen. I was lucky because there's a, an outstanding team here, yeah. an outstanding team here that not only are experts at what they do, but they have a passion for this business that Dennis, it's infectious. And so first it's to Holly's credit for, for putting together such a fantastic team here. And that's, that's something I've, that, that really stuck out with me and that we've continued to do. But secondly, you know, um, Holly passed like the creative le leadership and the brand oversight to Joanna and sort of, you know, anointed her to lead like the creative direction for this brand. And Joanna had been working with Holly for over 20, 20 years, like playing this leading role in, in making the most important decisions for the showroom and, and, and setting the standard, really helping to define the Holly Hunt DNA. So to walk into an organization like this and have that type of a talent overseeing the the creative leadership of the of the brand is a very comforting thing to happen and and it's true with 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 all of the 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 people who 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 were here at the organization so they made my job easier they made me look good i had to <laughs> um, understand what they've been doing learn from them and then really focus on you know a number of strategic initiatives to to keep moving the organization forward and um 
sprinkle that with crisis management through a small thing like a pandemic and uh you know it's kind of a walk in the park (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just been a breeze and now you're meeting so many people for the first time a year and a half later but so there were prior to the pandemic there was a sense that there were some very clear directives that 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 the company needed to to, to invest more in, in in digital and 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 everybody everybody sort of knew what some of the challenges were and and there was this big transition that was that was starting to happen right before the pandemic with Philip Jeffries leaving and 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 bringing in the wallpaper collection and and all of that which was which was sort of the dramatic celebration just just right before COVID locked everyone down. There was sort of the big rollout of that in in New York, which was very exciting and and sort of one of the last big events that I went to. But clearly, there were there were some directives and 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 there were some 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 challenges and opportunities. And then, as you say, mix that in with oh, by the way, now we need to close all the showrooms for X amount of time. And and how's the business going to going to go forward? Well, um, you're right, and you know w- one of the things I learned when I came when I started here, and that I that I knew before as well, was that designers come to Holly Hunt expecting to be introduced to the special and to the unique and and to the beautiful, and and from companies that are are really the the best at what they do, and so um, when I look at these types of relationships, it's always been a, a guiding principle that we want want to integrate these outstanding like-minded brands as part of our offerings. They may vary stylistically, but they all complement our aesthetic and they reflect this commitment to design quality and service. And candidly, that's what that's what drove us uh, with the recent Conrad acquisition. Well, I was curious. I was curious what, what drove that for you. First of all, I've been obsessed with with window treatment since I started in this business because, um, you know, a very a very smart individual I really respect, Keith Granite, uh, taught me early on that every house needs window treatments. You probably could do an analogy with your days at, at Waterworks. <laughs> every house needs yeah. beautiful uh, fixtures, right? And so, so Conrad is just at the at the top of its game in this in this area. Well, it's I mean to the. To the window treatment cognoscenti, it, it's a it's an incredibly powerful brand, and 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 those that those that know it have an enormous respect for it. So, how did the how did the conversation get started about, about making that acquisition? Was is that something that had been in the works for a while, or how did that come about? There there were some conversations going on between Conrad and uh, people here at Holly Hunt, David Schutte and Andrew oh, Kogan. Sure. Um yeah, prior to me coming on, but it was I guess it was never the the right timing. And after I started a couple months in, Joe Holland had passed away at the at the age of ninety seven mm. and those conversations were reignited and 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 David Trudy, who's also a, an amazing mentor and a great great part of this organization had really put a lot of work into lining this up and um, I was able to to step in so Buck Irwin who is is the president of of Conrad and and uh, what 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 an amazing guy and and him and I connected on on the phone and we and and we sort of reignited the conversation about about the acquisition and we went into a, a period of due diligence and really learned more about about what they were doing and and, and talked to him about my 
my philosophy of an acquisition and, and Holly Hunt's philosophy and how it would work, uh, which is really to let these companies um, continue to be um, autonomous in their day-to-day -day operations, um, but to support them and to fuel them with the Holly Hunt expertise and resources and and showroom network and and technology and 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 really help them meet their their full potential um, uh, for designers and to offer something great to designers again and it was obvious that this was going to be be a good match so uh, from there the process went pretty quickly well that that's great it's a it's a tremendous addition and I, and I'm sure that it will that it will do well for you so congratulations on that Thank you. Every, everyone that I talked to within your organization who knew I was going to be talking to you, they, ah, there's so much to talk about. There's so much going on. You know, make sure Mark tells you this and make sure he tells you about that. So, I mean, make sure he talks to you about LA. Make sure he talks to you about that new showroom. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I said, yes, I will make sure that we talk about everything that's going on. So from the, from clearly from the laundry list of things that are going on, I mean, I know there's, there's big sort of new website coming soon uh, there. And, and do you want to, do you want to tell me a little about that or do you want to I would love to. To tell you about that okay. of course okay. um so we so we launched we launched our our, our website uh last summer and um Again, this was something that was in the works for some time before before I stepped onto the scene. But you know, I con I, I made sure it continued to be a priority, and also we we had a had a fast track it right. and and ensure that you know what we were offering was evolving. I mean, times had changed. Times have changed, and and we have to ensure what are other ways that designers are doing business. What's in what's important to them, and what do they need now, and how can we help bridge that through through technology? Um, so the the site uh, just uh, launched with some incredible uh, response to it, and 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 it offered um, among other things a different look and feel to what we were presenting prior uh, digitally. And also we included um, uh, the client portal. Um, and now it's evolving. I mean, you're gonna see some, uh, uh, our next our next uh, uh, chapter of the site is our launch of, of Ecom. Right. And um, as part of Ecom, uh, we, we listened to designers. We knew that their projects were fast track and what was important to them were things like in stock. And the fact that we can offer this now online where uh, designers for the first time will be able to transact uh, for a, a purchase of an item without having to go into the showroom if they don't want to. And they can spec it online. They can get samples online. They can close the transaction online. Our shipping timelines are going to be two to three days. It's really um, the advent of something different. I know a lot of people talk about this in, in not just the industry, but um, uh, uh, beyond that, uh, when it it comes to e-com and what it can do but what we've created here is it's really about we call it we call it holly hunt at your fingertips and it's really about wherever or whenever a designer wants to shop with us when they want to spec when they want to check on an order they can do it and also when they want to follow the omni-channel model and they want to go into one of our showrooms and they want to sit on the furniture look at it or be inspired or show it to clients they can do that as well and so uh yes the the the, the <laughs> advent of e-com is another exciting thing that is in the pipeline and that will be uh will be launching very soon this year 
We're taking a quick break from the show to hear more about the upcoming Future of Home conference. This year, we're back in person with the leaders and innovators who shape the home industry all in one place, together. Here's a clip from the 2019 conference, an interview I did with Mike Stive, the CEO of online art platform Artsy. It does. If you think about it, there's something like roughly a million people every year in the U.S. buy a Mercedes, a BMW, or a Lexus, which is a car that is thirty or $40,000 more than a completely comparable vehicle. But people will spend that extra thirty or $40,000 for a piece of luxury. 98% of those people do not buy art. And art, it really is not easy to buy art for, the, for most people, even people of means today. So the more that you can make it feel comfortable and accessible, the more we can, the more we can achieve the mission, which is just connecting more art with more people and making the world a more beautiful place. This year, the event is September 13th and 14th in New York City. To get your ticket, visit futureofhome.com. I'll be hosting, and I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, and, and in your conversations with designers, hearing their feedback, what did they tell you about the challenge of putting prices on websites? There's, there's lots of discussion. Gee, I just wish all the pricing would be out there. I wish all the fabric houses would just show their pricing so it could all be out there and, and there wasn't sort of all of this, this mystery around it. And, and often people point to that sort of lack of transparency as, as one of the things that perhaps is holding the industry back at times. I, I wonder what designers shared with you on, on that subject. That's interesting as well. You know, Holly Hunt has always been very transparent about the pricing. And in fact, that's one of the other, I think, major impacts that Holly herself had on this industry. Going back, you know, 35 years ago, she was talking about the importance of transparency. So that's something that's important to us as as a company. And, and I think designers, you know, the, the addition of the client portal and um, having that information for designers, but balancing out how they manage their relationships with their clients is was important and so um, we we figured out a way to do that in a way that our designers could still uh, have full access to whatever it is that they needed and they can create their proposals and invoices how they wanted to and use that portal to to support them in in managing the relationships with with their customers how do you think about ecom in relation to retail itself? So, I mean, Holly, funny enough, in, 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 a, in a recent interview with our own Fred Nicolaus, uh, suggested that, oh, well, you know, if Holly Hunt really wants to compete with RH, they're, they're going to have to have some, some big retail component, right, to go head to head. Yeah, there you go. So there, there's your setup on that one, Mark. Go, 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 navigate, go navigate that. Listen, there's very few things I I disagree with with Holly about. Um, let's just let's just strike that one off too. We can agree to disagree uh, uh, on that on that point. Um, you know, no one's got a crystal ball for for the future, but I can say with with great confidence that uh, retail is not the direction that 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 Holly Hunt the brand is going into. Um, we are are we are by the trade, we are for the trade, and we are to the trade, and we will always be that way. 
Um, we have an infrastructure that is built for maximizing the trade. We've put a significant investment over the years and, and with Noel's help as well to get there. And, and it's in our wheelhouse. And so for us, you know, we are a different business than, than retail. We are not one of those brands that are out there looking for mass consumption and looking for greater and greater volume. And, and, and that's just not our business model. Our business model remains what it's always been, which is about luxury. It's about having rarefied items and the details that go into them and supporting designers in the trade really to help to help the trade grow their business. That's what we want to do. Not this other model of of how can we just grow, grow and get the volume in. And that's that's what separates us and um, you know, it works it works pretty well. Well and, and so I mean you mentioned some of these other firms. I mean clearly our our friends at RH think that that they have uh, to to your point that they have actually built uh, Gary Friedman proclaims that he he's running the largest interior design firm in North America as, as part of the vast RH uh, operation and that's sort of his answer to to that whole issue but uh, what 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 do you make of that phenomenon? How do you all think about RH, who a, a business that's obviously modeled itself very much after Holly Hunt? It's it's undeniable, <laughs> right? I mean, well, I'm not going to talk about anyone specifically here, but I will I will tell you this: when there are companies, these conglomerates out there that that talk about luxury and the high end. Uh, Honestly, Dennis, to me, it's a joke. Uh, it's like it's like McDonald's refreshing uh, their restaurants and claiming that suddenly they're not in the in the in the fast food business uh, anymore. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's just to be luxury. It's more than you, you can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. You have to be able to show um, like we can over uh, four decades of time what goes in to creating these pieces and to ensuring that every detail is perfect you know we we recently launched the sumo sofa and and prior to that the sumo lounge chair which are two of our our our, our best-selling uh pieces right now you know it's 50 to 60 hours go in to making the sumo chair 50 to 60 hours and 80 to 90 on that sumo sofa that's not retail that's not a company, you know, what a company can turn around and say they're doing, especially when it's a company that, you know, part of their business model is to to knock off designers and their other designs and then undercut pricing because you're having it built in China or, or somewhere else. I mean, Holly Hunt, all of our manufacturing is in America, everything. Occasionally we will go to artisans in another area of the world, but that's what real quality is about. That's what luxury is about. And so so you can have these retail giants focused on volume, um, talking the talk, but not walking the walk, trying to say they're luxury, trying to say they, they care about the trade when in fact they're competing against them. And and to me, that, that comes through. I think designers will see it. I think we have to do a better job educating about mm. that differentiation. But, you know, that's, that's, that's my take on it. Okay. Okay. Well, so... Is, is staying with the retail thread, so you you made a decision about 
this new LA showroom and, and, and being on the, being on the street. And, and we talked earlier about 150 in, in New York and what a, and what a high bar that is to set for any, for any future showroom. And, and right. And so, I mean, I, I can only imagine the team that, that must be working on trying to deliver on that. I mean, so, so to tell me, tell me about that. I'm I'm so excited about Holly Hunt Highland and and the team is incredible. Of course, once again, it's led by by our esteemed uh, uh, creative director Joanna. But um, it's opening in Los Angeles later this year, and and Dennis, it's going to set a, a new bar for the showroom experience. It is experiential, and it's so exciting to see their progress on it. What they've been able to do, even through uh, the pandemic, and even through all the complications that uh, construction uh, as well other businesses uh, ran into, but um, we're designing it in collaboration, first of all, with uh, Johnson and Mark Lee. They really understood the vision that Joanna Kornack had put together for this showroom. And it's it's intended to be a design destination. We, we want it to be a place where the community can come to be transported and be inspired in a way they have not before in a to-the-trade trade showroom. And, and speaking of community, I mean, just where it's located on Highland in Los Angeles, where different cultures and various businesses are alongside. We've got Ralph Pucci there. You've got J.F. Chen, of course, Joel and 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 Bianca and Margaret, who have been in that neighborhood for so long. You've got uh, Apparatus putting out beautiful, beautiful work. Jeffrey Deitch uh, just opened up the gallery. Just One Eye, Tartine, I was telling yeah. you about how that entire block smells of like a Parisian <laughs> cafe when you walk it. It's really, it's really very much sort of the intersection of art, of fashion, of culinary and of design and for us to be able to be a part of it is is just it's just thrilling we will continue to keep a footprint in the in the pacific design center we'll be on the sixth floor there selling textiles and wall covering and 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 we know la designers love to shop for for textiles and soft goods on that sixth floor and please i hope you're going to come attend the uh the launch party for uh for holly hunt highland and i i promise you i'll i'll make you i'll personally make you martinis if uh if you come to that party how does that sound? <laughs> well that sounds like a good deal and and i'm and i'm eager to come and i know that's been a, a long time in the in the works and I'm curious, I mean, so you, you mentioned about sort of keeping the space in the PDC, and I had been talking to your old boss, Michael Smith, about his decision to sort of move Jasper, funny enough, back to the PDC and 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 open a space there. And, and he felt, uh, just as you were saying, that, that a lot of designers – do like to come and and to be able to shop in that in that space and so that's sort of why he thought okay better for me to sort of move back there for the for the time being so how did how did you think about the the two spaces and and what you were imagining well you know i think a different location depending on on what your business is and what you're where you know where you're focusing i think that um that really informs the decision and i remember uh working with michael on on the decision about about going to the pdc or not and it really did make sense because the jasper showroom is renowned for its textiles and it is a multi-line showroom with other other uh brands in there but really it's about it's about those textile sales and and the fifth and the sixth floor actually is on the fifth floor there really serve a great 
a great purpose for designers because they can pull up, they can start on the sixth floor, they can do their lap, go down to the fifth floor, do another lap, get all the samples that they want. And that's how people were shopping at Jasper. So it made a lot of sense for that. Um, uh, for Holly Hunt and for, for Holly Hunt Highland, again, the, the driving concept, the, the underlying sort of um, philosophy of what this showroom was going to be was let's set a new bar for the showroom experience. How are we going to inspire designers and transport them in a way that has never happened before? And for us, it made so much sense to go to the street, to go into this new fantastic neighborhood, new for us that we hadn't been in, and to um, and to really create something something special. Um, and that's that's exactly what we did. Holly continues to say to this to this day how much she regrets ever selling Holly Hunt in the first place. Do you ever worry that that picture behind you is going to come to life and Holly <laughs> is just going to appear? It's all say it's say it's all been a big mistake. I knew I never should have sold. I'm back. Mark, you and I, you know what, Mark, you and I can run this together. How about that? If she, if she presented you with that model, do you, I mean, do you think you could make that work? Do you think you could be sort of co-presidents of Holly Hunt? I mean, what do you think? Oh God! Listen. So, so p- people get seller's remorse, Dennis, when when they sell a house that they've owned for like you know five, ten years. Can you imagine what someone like Holly goes through when you sell a what was essentially like another child for her? Of I course. would guess. I mean, I'm putting words sure. in her mouth, but I do know she she poured her her life and her her soul and her uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears into into building this this furniture empire. And so, you know, of course, people uh, have second second guesses when they make decisions to something that they're so emotionally uh, close close to as well as as well as professionally. But I think, um, you know, Holly, I think Holly is very happy. I think I, I, I am safe in saying Do she's you? extremely happy. Listen, uh, we should call her in. Can she join this this interview? I would like nothing more because <laughs> she she will tell what she will tell me is ah. I never sh- she's she's doing House of Hunt and right and trying to trying to yes. engage her herself in new in new projects and 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 does that impact your your world are you are you in, involved in any way in that it does very much. In fact, we're still working really closely with Holly. Um, she has so, um, although she's not involved in in, in the day to day operations, um, she is working with us from a creative standpoint. And we're working with uh, House of Hunt. And I just I love that name, don't you? It's such a such a such yes. a cool name. Um, we one of the first things I did when when I started here was we uh, put together a product development deal. And um, we're working very closely with Holly on the launch of the next Holly Hunt collection uh, furniture uh, uh, line. And it's going uh, gonna to have 24 plus pieces in it. Uh, Holly and her team, Neil Zuleta and Jim Dine, have been working away on it, along with uh, our uh, innovative design workshop here, which is, is essentially our design department. And, and talk about a true collaboration. You know, Holly her, herself is a first one to say I'm not a designer I'm Mm. an editor and so that's where we come in we've got our team 
uh, working on developing these pieces and working in tandem with the, the House of Hunt uh, uh, people uh, to create these, these pieces, which are really going to be a legacy. Lots of good things are, are going to come out of this relationship, that I promise you. Well, I'm, I'm sure. And, and, it, and it seems like it's such an incredible time. And, and I'm so happy for, for you to finally get to actually be in the office. What, what a thrill for you to have finally come and, and, and met your New York team just recently as you, as you did. And it, it sounds like a, a good time was, was had by all. <laughs> yes, yes. I finally got to meet uh, the salespeople at both 979 and 150 in person and, um, and just terrific, passionate people. I mean, just exceptional um, what they do and how, 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 they have, how they help support this, this business and stay on the front lines. And, and really, they have a voice here, and it was, it was good to, to see them. And we went out for drinks up on the uh, Parker Meridian afterwards, and uh, we hung out until probably way later <laughs> than we, we were supposed to. And uh, and it was uh, it was excellent. I plan on starting to do that with uh, with all the showrooms uh, as soon as I can, like uh, next month. Actually, I noticed that trip. Elena didn't post about it until the next day, and I was a little bit worried that that was just when she was getting home. <laughs> Did you actually keep her out overnight? That was what I was worried about. <laughs> Dennis, no comment on that. No comment. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, Mark, I'm I'm so excited for you, and I'm and I'm looking forward to everything that is coming next for for Holly Hunt and and for you. And I'm and I'm really looking forward to that martini in Los Angeles when your store opens. So you just let me know. Thank you, sir. It is um, an honor to be on the show. I am a, a big fan, and and I often think about you and I in the <laughs> foxhole uh, getting through, and God, what a great partner you were, and, and really, you did help us, and you did it. You made the designer look good, and that room that room lives on, uh, lives on the gentleman's retreat from Kipps Bay, so uh, what a great experience uh, to have gone well, through what, you. What a, what a treat that we got to have that experience all those years ago, and, and we, were, we were so young and naive, and those days, right? We, we, we had no idea what this business was going to do to us. It's true. It is true. And look at us now, 18 years later. Exactly. Well, it is a, it is a pleasure and, and a privilege. And I, and I thank you so much, really. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Same here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to keep up with the latest design industry news, visit us online at businessofhome.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, browse job listings, and join our BOH Insider community for access to online workshops, a free print subscription, and much more. If you have a note for the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at businessofhome.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to discover the show. This show was produced by Fred Nicolaus and Caroline Burke and edited by Michael Castaneda. I'm Dennis Scully. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week.